global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. The aftershocks of the U.K.'s vote to leave the European Union reverberating across financial markets after a weekend of political turmoil. The pound is extending its record sell-off. European equities are dropping to levels last seen in February. U.S. stock index futures also lower. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 12 and a half points. Dow E-mini futures down 116. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 32. DAX in Germany is down 2.1%. So is the FTSE 100. 10-year Treasury up 25 30 seconds. The yield 1.47%. Yield on the two-year 0.57%. NYMEX crude oil down 2.2% or a dollar two to 46.62 a barrel. COMEX gold is up nine tenths percent or eleven dollars eighty cents to 13.34.20. An ounce. The euro, $1.0976. The British pound, $1.3182. And the yen, 101.57. Medtronic saying it'll buy Hardware International of Framingham, Massachusetts for about $1.1 billion. Hardware up 92% in early trading. PepsiCo planning to revamp its lineup of diet colas, including renaming one product and releasing an older formulation of another in a bid to revive sales. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thank you very much. We are watching futures turn around now and start to deteriorate again. S&P futures off by 12, about six-tenths of a percent. It's a seven-tenths decline for Dow futures. They're down 112 points right now. NASDAQ futures off by 31, three-quarters of a percent. The FTSE down 125 points. The pound at 131.84. The Bloomberg Futures Report is brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts with low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. It's 849 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Megan McCardle, a columnist for Bloomberg View. Why did people vote for Brexit? One answer is that transnational elites tried to build a state without a nation. The current mess in the EU is the result. There is a reason 19th century architects of fledgling states spent so much time and effort nurturing national identity. But the EU never did that work. No one identifies themselves as European when you ask where they're from. And while an EU-wide soccer team would be invincible, who would root for it? These sorts of tribal affiliations do cause problems, which is why elites were so eager to tamp them down. Unfortunately, they're also what glues polities together and makes people willing to sacrifice. Elites miss this because they're the one group that has a transnational identity. And in fact, the arguments for the EU look a lot like the older arguments for national states. It empowers us against them. Unhappily for elites, there's no cosmopolitan to which they can move. They have to live in physical places filled with other people whose loyalties are to a particular place and way of life, not the joys of rootless cosmopolitanism. So it would be folly to let their fledgling identity drive them into a war with the neighbors they can't win, as happened with so many new states in the 19th and 20th centuries. Trying to reforge common identities with those neighbors instead of demonizing them would be a good idea. Unfortunately, it's not clear that transnationalism is any more capable of tempering its own excesses than the nationalism that preceded it. I'm Megan McCardle. For more View, please go to BloombergView.com or View Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. Bloomberg View commentaries can be heard hourly weekdays on Bloomberg Radio. The highlight this morning, besides headlines from Worthies in Europe, has been European banking. I don't know if they describe it as highlight. 
Well, it, it, important headlines. There's a headline for Miracle. There's a headline here. There's yeah. a headline there. There are no headlines from the European bankers. Christopher Wheeler has given us terrific perspective this weekend and before with Atlantic Equities. Christopher Wheeler, you've worked at major London banks. You've studied their financials. What are the bankers of Europe doing right now? What, what do they do when they see their equity erode as it's eroding? Well, I, I think, first of all, obviously, they try and reassure their customers and their staff that their business as usual, and this is a blip caused by a single event. Of course, as we all know, um, you know, single events have a habit of turning into something rather uglier. Exactly. So at the same time, yeah. uh, same time, undoubtedly, there's an awful lot of work being done on making sure the bank's liquidity right. is strong, making sure they stay close to their clients, and obviously reviewing very right. closely the loan book. How close are we to bank bailouts or nationalization? Look, I think that that at the moment is highly unlikely because I think the capital position at the moment, and Tom, you know, if your stock is 30% down, in theory, that tells you earnings are going to fall by 30% or more. Uh, I don't see that at the moment, but you know, the capital is reasonably strong or very strong in most cases, some cases, strong liquidity um, and, you know, pretty decent leverage. Uh, this is uh, this is still a case of, of trying to absorb the shock and this massive uncertainty that we now have, as nobody knows the way ahead, we have complete confusion in the UK with no no opposition, no no government per se, and we have a problem of nobody knowing the timetable for renegotiation with the uh, the EU and, and between the EU and, and the UK, and that just you know uncertainty is a, is the biggest enemy of the market. Well, there is Chris a report this morning that Italy is considering a forty four billion dollar injection of capital into its banks. Uh, yep. Despite that, Unicredit. Still down seven percent this morning. Is this TARP? Is is the, are they finally getting around to the U.S. model? Look, I think that they are. They are showing that they are not going to just stand by and, and see problems emerge. If they're worried that the funding of the banks is under pressure because people are concerned about the impact on capital, they're going to act clearly. That would be, as you say, TARP. Don't forget, the U.K. told you how to do TARP. We just, we just didn't do it as well as the United States. We did exactly the same. We just pumped money into, into Lloyd's, Royal Bank of Scotland, um, in the same way that you did to the U.S. banks, but we, we still are in those banks. So, uh, yes, you're right. It, it's this concept of central bankers saying we will do whatever it takes at this point in time to stabilize the market. A, a grizzled pro like you, aren't you concerned at the rollover in Unicredit, the rollover in Deutsche Bank, the rollover in Barclays? I refuse to believe that long-only buy-side can sit around on a Monday morning and say, well, this is harsh, but we can withstand it. Come on, Chris. Look, I think the, 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 the bottom line is this, is this is an unprecedented shock, but it's a weird, a weird kind of shock because unlike during the crisis when things were hitting us left, right and centre, we we've got one very clear issue to deal with, which has knock-on impacts around currencies and around, around markets. And I think the focus on that is actually, as a fund manager at the moment, I don't need to own banks given the uncertainty around banks. I mean, look, this, you know, these bank stocks are down you know, 10, 15, 20% today. The London market's off 2%. The broader market is not showing the same concerns as the bank sector is. This is like, I don't know the answer for the banks. I'm just going to leave them alone for the time being. And I think they're just walking away and saying, let's just see how it settles down. Are any banks close to the edge? I mean, you look at Barclays down another 16% today. And you have to wonder, if you're a a non-expert like myself, uh, at what point does somebody say, "Uh uh-oh? 
Well, look, I, I would suggest that the Bank of England is already looking at this and saying, yeah, is this something that should concern us? If it is, what actions do we take to, 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 to obviously safeguard any concerns about Barclays or indeed any of the UK banks? And we'll try and take those actions. And, yeah, they've got to be careful here because they don't want to start some kind of scare going around about the banks. I mean, what we're seeing here is, again, I can't even start to explain to you. Tom was over here at the, 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 the weekend. But what's occurred since Friday, you know, with the Labour Party, the, the main opposition party imploding, so we don't just, you know, have a, a, a gap in government. We have a gap, gap in opposition. And um, we have no idea who's running the country. Alistair Darling, who was the, the, the Chancellor of the Exchequer who did bail out the British banks in 2008, is asking the question, where are all these people who ran the exit campaign? Because nobody's well, stepping forward to try and work out what to do next. Isn't the important thing, though, that the Bank of England is running the banks and there is stability there? You're absolutely right. And, and, you know, I think one of the great things is that Mark Carney is, a, is, a, is probably a better communicator than his predecessor, however much his predecessor is admired. And, indeed, he's been on the, uh, the wires today saying, you know, this is another market hiccup. Markets go up, markets go down. I think Mark's strength is he's got much more experience of other markets than Mervyn had. And I think that from that perspective, I think we're very lucky to have him in place at the moment. Christopher Wheeler, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. On the banking, with a bit of a bid right now, Mike, let's do an extensive data check before we uh, go to our conversation with the chairman. Uh, simply, I would almost think futures could go green this morning, the way we're gyrating around negative, I, I, negative you, you, you 18. You might need a catalyst to get them that far, but and it does back look to like negative they're, nine. they're feeling a little bit better than they were earlier this morning. Yeah, and um, and yields uh, doing it's just a little bit of improvement on the tape. No. Yeah. Sterling is benchmark. What do we have in Sterling right now? Well, we're looking at 131.95. It's above its lows of 131.52, but it's been holding below yeah. 131. That's the grind lower there. And, of course, the FTSE, no real change right. in its position, down 131 points, 2.1%. That's about the percentage loss for most of the day so far. When you first observed Alan Greenspan, was he sleeping on the floor of the Oval Office? <laughs> well, the first time I met Alan Greenspan, I think he was watching a Baltimore Orioles game. But uh, Well, that would be good. We have to find out if he switched his allegiance right. to the Washington Nationals. So well, we have a maybe he'll bit. take us to the game tonight. Did you ever think we would talk to him about the collapse of the European model? I no. never really thought. And uh, I don't think anybody uh, really thought that was there. possible. That's why we're looking at uh, markets doing what they are doing. The euro at 109.85, solidly below 110 now, and continuing we, to move lower. The German 10-year note is negative 11 basis right. points. Extraordinary. I, that's a conundrum, as Chairman Greenspan uh, would say. We are here in Washington, D.C. This was booked weeks ago. This was an important interview, but maybe has become the most most interesting interview that Mike and I have had in ages and ages. Coming up, a conversation with Alan Greenspan as the United Kingdom tries to find a path forward. From Washington with Bloomberg 99.1 FM, this is Bloomberg Surveillance.